I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the last show on earth. I'm Alistair Bremer. And I'm John Owen-Jones. And welcome to the podcast where each episode we ask our guest the big, big question that nobody ever dared to ask or indeed bothered to ask. If there was a huge asteroid hurtling towards Earth, threatening to destroy life as we know it, and you could see one more show before you die, what would it be? It can be anything you want, a show you've already seen, one you wish you'd seen, or something you've made up entirely. In this episode, we are joined by the fantastic Maz Murray, an accomplished actress and singer who has spent many years occupying leading roles in long-running West End musicals. After an incredible nine-year run performing in We Will Rock You, she's currently enjoying another long stint in Mamma Mia as Donna, a role she's been playing for over three years. She's also appeared in shows like Pippin, Chicago and Rent, and was recently seen giving a show-stopping turn as Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard at the Royal Albert Hall. We talked to Maz about many things, including how she deals with the demands of working on a long-running show, having a chart-topping hit single, her legendary songwriter father Mitch Murray, and the time she went on world tours with both Il Divo and Earth, Wind and Fire. And, of course, we discuss her last show on Earth, a show created by a Jewish comedy legend. But what is it? Carry on listening to find out as we chat to the killer queen herself, the hilarious Maz Murray. I sang the best songs in the world. I had the best costumes in the world. I didn't even walk on stage. I got lifted through a floor and I didn't even walk off. I got lowered. And I just thought, well, how, what am I leaving to do? Ask a question nobody dared to ask. If you had a day to live, what show would be your last? What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. My name is John. My name is Al. Been friends a long time past. We want to know what show you'd see if you knew it was to be your last. What is your last show on earth? This is the last show. This is the last show on earth. Welcome to the last show on earth, Miss Maz Murray. Hello. Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you. How are you doing, Maz? Brilliant. How are you all doing? Not too bad. Thanks for joining us on this. I know you're pretty busy doing eight shows a week and stuff like that. So how's the show going? How's Mamma Mia? We're doing so good, you know. I do six shows a week, I think, or seven. Actually, I don't do full eight. Cause but you don't know. <laughs> I don't normally do the Sundays. Ah, yeah. But it's going wonderful. You know, who doesn't love ABBA? I don't know you, Maz. John, can you introduce me to Maz Murray, please? This is Maz Murray. Hello, Maz Murray. Hello, it's so nice to see you. My name's Alistair Brammer. How are you? <laughs> 
So, yeah, Maz and I, we've worked together a couple of times in concerts and things like that, but you've never actually met, have you, Al? No, no. I, I think we've been at the same little, like, little like parties and things and sort of nodded, and but never actually sort of had a good old chat. So yeah. it's nice to finally meet you. Yeah. And um, have you ever seen Maz performing uh, in Mamma Mia? No, I haven't. I saw somebody, but not Maz. This was, I mean, I'm talking... About twelve years ago, I, I watched it. Right, okay. With with with, with Jessie May. Do you know Jessie May? She played Sophie. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jessie. That was the saddest noise I've ever heard. No, because I have to no. go through my brain because no. I've done it with a lot of casts and and sometimes I don't. I have. I do know people and I've worked with them and I can't remember their name and I didn't want to get caught out. I see. Yeah. Um, you and I have this thing in common where we've both done big shows. For a long time, yes, big long-running shows, and we've both done big chunks. Now you did, I mean, obviously I did Phantom and Les Mis for ages, in mm. and out, and you did. How long were you in We Will Rock You for? Eight, nine years? Nine years. Then I left, had a baby, yeah. and came back and did a farewell two weeks. Oh wow! In my, in what would have been my tenth <laughs> right. year. Nine years and two weeks. Yeah, because I'll tell you why. Because there's apparently a rule that you can't be so far pregnant in a show. Right. But okay. I didn't know about that rule, and my company manager called me in in the interval and said, um, "This is your last show. You ah. just you can't do any more than tonight." And I'd already done half of it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously God. that's a safety thing, isn't it? It is a safety thing, and I looked a fright. Let's face it. So, but the um, girl that the girl that played Ellen in Miss Saigon with me, Katie Rose Clark in New York, she she was pregnant, and she. By the end, her sort of dress was kind of... She sort of looked like a bell because she was so... I think she was five and a half months pregnant by that point. What was the cut-off? Do you know what the cut-off was in, in, in London? Well, I was seven and a half months. Wow. I was, oh, right. I was... Fine. I was <laughs> I, yeah, I was really far gone. And you could still sing? Oh, yeah. I mean... Really? Yeah, I mean, not particularly well, but you can. But then I was in denial. <laughs> So I was a little bit like, no, no, it's fine. I'm absolutely fine. I'm absolutely fine. I was totally ignoring the fact that there was this enormous leather stomach. <laughs> but it, it, was an, it was amazing, actually. And I don't really know what else would have made me leave. Oh, really? So Were you just you still know, loving it? Loving it. And everybody was advising me, you know, career-wise, you should go, you should go, you should go. You, you know, you'll be stereotyped. And I just thought, what am I leaving to do that's going to be better than this? Yeah. I sang the best songs in the world. I had the best costumes in the world. I didn't even walk on stage. I got lifted through a floor and I didn't even walk off. I got lowered. And wow. I just thought, well, yeah, how, nice. what am I leaving to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you weren't the original Killer Queen, were you? No, Sharon D. Clark was the original Killer Queen. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah and I yeah. covered Sharon, but I wasn't even hired to cover Sharon. Um, somebody left three days before it opened. So you were in the original production and then you stayed with it for nine years. I was in the original production, but I came in three days before it opened. And how long did it run after you left? I think in total it did 13 years. I might be wrong, but I think... So it's... it didn't run as long after you left. So obviously you were, a, you were a lucky charm. You kept that show going. You were the glue that held that show together. You basically were the reason Well, that... I, do, I do remember being involved twice in conversations that the show was closing and I had proper tantrums and talked them out of it twice. Oh, really? So um, I wasn't there. I wasn't there to talk them out of it. Oh, great. Well done. Do you know what? It's very, it's, it's very interesting that you say about how you just, you were still just loving it because that's something I get asked. I'm 
I'm currently shooting something, and and um, and so you meet all these actors who've never done musicals, and they're all sort of fascinated, right, by people that do musicals because they go, "How do you do a year of the same thing over and over?" And I, I sort of say, "Well, firstly, it's not exactly the same thing because yeah. every yeah. day is a bit different. Your your own mood affects it, right?" But um, so I, I'm sort of glad that you did so long, and that you still found ways to keep it fresh and to keep it sort of enjoyable. Well, yeah, and you and if you love it, you love it. It's like your husband. It's not you know you don't go, yeah. "No, it's enough now." Well, I, I found, you know, when I when I did Phantom, I, I kind of had enough of that. That got to a point with me where I felt like I couldn't go any further with it. I couldn't, I, was, I stopped enjoying the performances because I couldn't find new stuff. Right. I mean, yeah. that could have been my limitations, but it also was limitations of the script and everything. And I could not find, I couldn't dig any deeper into it. If I went back now, I might find something new. I don't know. But yeah. I, I mean, you then went on, of course, to Mamma Mia!, and how long have you been in Mamma Mia? Well, when I left We Will Rock You and I had my first son, I thought I was going to go back. I thought, oh, yeah, I'll have him and then I'll go back. Yeah. And then I sort of changed my mind because I just sort of fell in love. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I was doing things like having dinner at mealtimes that I'd not done in the decade, you know, and little, little things. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, cool, this is amazing. Um, and it was brilliant. And it came at exactly the right time when it was a, I'd had enough of things being about me. And I was mm. totally ready to hand it over to being about building a family and it being about, you know, my baby. So that was great. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then I started my band Woman. That's when that actually started. Uh-huh. So I did that for a couple of years and squeezed out another baby. Squeezed out. But yeah, I mean, I was really, really up the duff and we were on tour with Earth, Wind & Fire. And, I mean, I was proper, like... You were on tour with... Whoa, whoa, whoa. You were on tour with Earth, Wind & Fire? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That's I know. Cool. And do you know what's really weird is that I've left all of these things out of my bio, because... <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Yeah, didn't you tour with... You toured with Il Divo as well, didn't you? I did, and that, I've left that out of my biog as well. I'm an absolutely rubbish biog writer. I told you, <laughs> I've forgotten my whole life and past. But yes, I went on tour with Il Divo, which was one of the loneliest things I've ever done. Right. Because when you're part of a cast, as you know, mm. you're part of a cast. But when you're sort of touring, which in effect I was as a solo artist because I was their special yeah. guest, right? I, they were already in the swing of how they do things and I actually found it really lonely. Yeah. Because I didn't have like a pal, do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm fine on my yeah. own. I mean, I loved it and I'm really cool. Find me a shopping mall, I'm like, I'm happy. So that was a bit peculiar, but I mean, the Devo boys were incredible. And yeah. when you were on tour, were you away from your, from your kids for that period of time? Yes. That must have been hard. And my little one was only six months. I'm sort of going through that now. I, I'm, doing, I'm doing five weeks away from them. I've got two babies. And it's, it's tough, isn't it? My kids are 19 and 20, and I still miss them when I go away. You know, it never stops. Yeah. In fact, it gets harder because the more they become people, mm. the more you miss them because they're your best friends rather than out of guilt. And, and a, you know, when you're a new mum as well, it's, it's a physical... Yes. Well, I, well, I probably you know. shouldn't say this, but I definitely miss my two and a half year old more than my one year old, and I think it's because he's got more of a personality, and I sort of know him. And yeah, he... you have a you've connected as people. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually that's true. I, I yeah. hadn't thought of it like that. I, yeah. I sort of yeah. felt felt bad so, about it, but I feel better now. Thanks. <laughs> I've been on tour with Catherine Jenkins, like in the same position as you, you know, and she's got an orchestra, and 
you know, whole team, and then I'm just on my own, driving from venue to venue, staying in a hotel on my own, never seeing anyone. Yeah. And it is really, really lonely. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it, that you wake yeah. up in the morning and you think, right, what am I going to do today in, I don't know, Halifax, before I have to do the gig? <laughs> Bank? Yeah, literally, yes. yeah, go to the Building Society. <laughs> um, I, um, I found that very tough, very tough. Is that, do you think that kind of aspect of the life, of that kind of the loneliness of being on the road as a solo artist, per se, uh, kind of makes you want to stay in, in long-running shows for longer? You, I mean, you definitely can't compare the experience. And although the experience with Il Devo was magnificent because it was first-class travel, worldwide travel, you know, everything was absolutely private jets and the whole bit. Yeah. Earth, Wind and Fire, we were left to our own devices, but I was with my girls. Ah, yeah. So we had mm. a ridiculous amount of fun. <laughs> yeah. All shades of wrong. Of course, yeah. You can't compare the experiences. And, the, you know, the, the experience with Il Devo, everything is done for you and everything is thought out for you. You're a bit like the member of a football team. You literally just show up with your... In fact, they've got your passports. Wow. You're just following yeah. people. Uh, but when we were with women... We were everything. We were the roadies. Mm. We were the, you know, we were a unit and we were in charge of ourselves, which on the one hand is brilliant. And on the other hand, we'd get there and go, who's got the music? God. <laughs> you had all of that stress. I, I'm definitely going to have to re-edit that because that's one of the loudest things I've heard in months. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about your family and we've talked about some of the stuff you've done. I think it's a really good point that we can now get into Al's 10 questions, which is basically um, asking you all about your career and life so far. Let's see how well you know yourself. OK. Are you ready, Maz Murray, for your 10 questions? I'm ready. Dum, dum, dum. What was the name of the character you played in the Roy Orbison story? Oh, I played three. I played Dusty Springfield, Patsy Cline and Roy's mother. Good, correct. Khashoggi was the name of your sidekick in We Will Rock You. Spell Khashoggi. <laughs> K-H-A-S-H-O-G-G-H-I. Oh, you were so right to the very end. There's, there's no second H. Oh, OK. All right. You played Mama Morton in Chicago, but who played her in the movie? Queen Latifah. Very good. Correct. You were in Footballers' Wives, but what year did the first series of that show air? I wasn't in Footballers' Wives. I was in Footballers' Wives TV, but I'll answer your question anyway. Was it roughly Mm. 19... I'll give you one year either side. Oh, crikey. (gasps) Footballers' Wives. So that would have been late 90s, I reckon. um, Just pick a year, for Christ's sake. (laughs) 99? 2002. Way out. The... The song Goodbye Sam, Hello Samantha was written by your father for which artist? Cliff Richard. Correct. Complete this lyric from your song No Time At All from Pippin. When you are as old as I, my dear, and I hope that you never are, you will woefully wonder why, my dear. Through cataracts and Qatar. Correct. Very good. You recently appeared at the Albert Hall. In what year did that building first open its doors? It's a hard one. Well, it was 50 years ago. Wasn't it? Because we did. Oh no, 150 years ago. 150 years ago, which would have been. Oh, I can't work that out. I went to Sylvia Young. 150. <laughs> 150 years ago. Come on. It was, it was 1871. Your band woman toured with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Name the fourth natural element. <laughs> <laughs> Earth, 
wind, fire, water. Correct. You appeared in The Bill. Was that a show about A, a check in a restaurant, B, a duck's mouth, or C, the police? The police. And do you remember the theme tune? I was in the bill as well. And final question. Oh, were yeah. you? Yeah, I played a Welsh bloke. Funny enough, isn't it? <laughs> Interesting. Last question. This, this, this for the big, this for the gold watch. You yeah. played Donna in Mamma Mia. Name another type of kebab. Shish. Correct. Yes. <laughs> How many did she get right? I think she got them all right. But can we give the Albert Hall one to her? She didn't get. She didn't get footballers' wives. But other than oh, that, yeah. and she uh, and she spelled Khashoggi wrong. So you got eight. That's all right. Eight out of ten. That's not well bad done. at all. It's not bad. It's not the best, but it's not the worst either. So well done. I don't want to be the best. Yeah. That's boring. <laughs> didn't your single "I'm I'm a Woman" didn't it? Didn't it go to the rock? Didn't it go to number one in the rock charts? Yeah. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Gobsmacked. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely amazing. You've kind of got these two different sides to you, haven't you, really? You do, like, you're very much going into the West End and doing a job, eight shows a week, seven shows or six or however, and you can remember you're doing. (laughs) And that's basically, um, you know, uh, paying for everything else. You can do woman, you can do gigs at the Albert Hall, like Sunset Boulevard, which we will come on to, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, things like that. Yes. Without making that, that part of the world too difficult and stressful because you had Mamma Mia... And we were rocky to fall back on. Yeah, but it's more than a fall back on. It's I, I love consistency. I, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't really like change that much. I like to know what's happening. Mm. And yeah. and being in a musical, it does that. It gives you a system, and it gives you a schedule, and it and it gives you a plan. Yeah. I think I would get twitchy with. What are we doing today? What are we doing today? I would get twitchy. I, I like to know what's happening. Yeah. It's a bit like that on, on the set of a film or something. It's a bit like, like you sort of get your sides at like midnight the day before and you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm saying that tomorrow then. You know, it's a bit, it's, it's, yeah. it's all a bit last minute. But I, yeah, I suppose... I, we... I've done that as well, but I, it upset me, Anister, because you do the most amazing scene and no one claps. I know, I know. <laughs> you do an amazing I... scene and then this happens. Lunch. You're like, is that it? Yeah, I, I had yeah. to commit suicide two days ago. Stabbed myself in the stomach, really went for it, really, you know, tears the whole kit and caboodle. And, um, and yeah, it was and cut, okay, turning around. I was like, somebody say well done. Yeah, yeah and we're really spoiled. Well, maybe they didn't say well done because it was shit. Have you thought about that? <laughs> maybe it was just shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, also, we also didn't talk about the charity aspect of the, of the single because was, it was all in aid of um, uh, cancer charities, wasn't it? It was. Um, I lost my one of my best friends, Rebecca Gibbs, who was a big musical theatre star and, and then went on to be in Casualty. She, um, I lost her to breast cancer, actually, right, right over when I was on tour with Il Devo. And she called, her husband called me in Moscow and said, you need to come back because she's going. And weirdly, the tour finished that night. And I went from the airport to the hospice to see her and she actually lasted another I think it was about another three weeks three or four weeks so I did manage to spend that time with her which was unbelievable and yeah so when we when we made woman it was it was all about that really and and breast cancer awareness and now I'm heavily involved with ovarian cancer because that's the chosen charity of Mamma Mia Um, but also I got very, very close with Gloria Hunniford, who came on board with all the breast cancer charities because, of course, she lost her daughter, Karen Keating. So I'm quite, 
I was quite involved in all of that and I'm a little bit um I mean I don't start you know shouting about it all the time but mm. I do want I do want women to go and check themselves and and I do think that is really really important and when you're in when you're involved in bands like women and in shows like Mamma Mia of course you have the most amazing shop window to to the perfect <laughs> the people that you need to get to. Yes, basically. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. So um, I've, I've really, I've really wanted to utilize that. Yeah. I'm getting the impression that uh, friends and family are probably the most important part of your life. Yes. Yeah. But your sister's in the business, your dad's in the business, your husband isn't, but, but my mum is. Your mum is. Yes, of course. Yes. Seeing what your mum and dad did, did that prompt you to get into the industry? Was it always a given or was it something that they never wanted you to do? Um, my mum really wanted us to do it. <laughs> wow. My mum really? was just like, oh my God, you'll have the best time at stage school. You'll have the best time at stage school. And I didn't really want to go, but my sister was going to go. And I just thought, oh God, I can't be without her. Because I was a bit of an bless at school. Gina was really hot and everybody fancied her and she was really popular. And I thought, if she leaves, I've had it. <laughs> so... Um, I followed her, is basically what yeah. happened. And I remember my mum saying to me, but do you really want to go? Because it's very expensive. Don't just follow her. And I was like, no, 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 I do, I do, I do. I didn't even know what being an actress was. No. So right. you were just following her? Yeah, yeah but yeah, I really was just following her. And I grew up, you know, seeing my mum in musicals and I knew that it was the most amazing thing ever, but I wasn't really good at it. And I just thought, mm, I'll get, I might get in on comedy. Yeah. Right, and that, okay. that's the truth of it I couldn't, and then okay. when I got there I fell in love I with couldn't it. believe that your dad when I was doing some research that your dad wrote, wrote that song I like it I sing that song to my kids all the time do you? all the time it's just in it's one of those songs that I, I, if someone said who sang that song I would have gone don't know it's just in my head you know one of those songs that's just been around forever yeah I like the funny feeling and I sort of tickle his chin when he, when he gets to that bit and he loves it it's so sweet and I was yeah. like no way yeah way and he wrote, how do you do it? He wrote music and lyrics to those as well. But he wrote, wow. how do you do yeah. it? And I was talking about it yesterday because somebody asked me, what's, what is, do you think, the, the most brilliant song ever written? Which is a really hard question. But mm. I said, my dad wrote a song called How Do You Do It? And the lyric is so amazing because it's, how do you do what you do to me? I wish I, I, wish I knew. Because if I knew yeah. how you'd do it to me, I'd do it to you. That's it's lovely. such a beautiful lyric. And for anyone that doesn't know the song, um, how do you do what you do to me? Yeah, with the, great song. With the ex- excellent vibrato. My dad wrote everything with an octave jump. Oh, ba-ba. Yeah, everything had an octave jump. So everything's impossible to sing, which is why he was really, really particular about his singers. Everything. I like it. Barney yes. and Clyde. Oh, yeah. In the avenues <laughs> and alleyways. Everything. Oh, everything yeah. Has. You were made for me. <laughs> He likes a drive. Oh, I'm telling you now. God, I feel like I don't. Yeah, I, he loves it. You can just talk on your own, Maz. I don't even need nah. to be here. I, say, I love this. <laughs> I, do you remember, actually, we worked together and I, I talked you into singing, um, what was the song you were singing? When a man loves a woman. And I, I suggested that you did two. You talked me into three octaves. Into, yeah. yeah, three key changes. Three, that's it, three key changes. Yeah, it went three key changes and it just went up and up <laughs> and up. And everyone in the audience was like gobsmacked, and I was just pissing myself laughing from the side <laughs> of the stage because I could see the strain that she'd put herself in because she couldn't uh, let go of the you challenge. You put me I'd, in, I'd not she put me yeah. in. <laughs> you put me in. It was exactly. It, it was great fun, though, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was great. Yeah, we we've done a few things. What was it? Was it like when a when a when a when a? Yeah, yeah. It literally was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And we jokingly called it a Welsh key change for some reason. I'm not sure why. So, Maz, I don't know if you know, but Al has this um, quasi-autistic ability to tell you how many letters are in a sentence when you tell him the sentence. It takes him, like, a heartbeat to do it. Um, So we've got this little thing called What Three Words, where we ask you to tell us three words, and he tells you how many it is. Are you ready? I'm ready. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? Special skill to give you a thrill and prove he's a real wordsmith. Give him three words and he can say how many letters they contain right away. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? Oh, what three words have you heard that you'd really like to challenge Al with? Maz Murray, what are your three words? Daily eyelid hygiene. 18. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? It's a special skill to give you a thrill and prove he's a real wordsmith. Give him three words and he can say how many letters they contain right away. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? Oh, what three words have you heard that you'd really like to challenge Al with? Why did you choose those three words? That's because that's in a wipe right in front of me. So, right, okay, well, that was great. So let's now get into your last show on Earth. Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes. So my last show on earth, it would be, it would be Mel Brooks, the producers. Oh, very good. Very now nice. then, did you ever see the producers? I saw it in London and I saw it on Broadway. Yeah. Ah, and I've see... seen the film 500 million trillion times. So did you see it on Broadway with the original cast? I did. Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick. Oh, yeah, wow. and it was excellent, wasn't it? It was like, it was a breath of fresh air, I think. It was. It was absolutely fantastic. I mean, yeah. I, yes. I mean, when I said the movie, I mean the original movie, just to clarify. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, the, the show the, movie. The non-musical yeah. one. Yeah, the musical yes. movie wasn't movie enough. It, it was too much like they just filmed it in a set and, and said, oh, let's just try and do the show. And mm. it, was, it, was, it seemed like a pointless exercise. I quite me. liked it, though. Did you? Yeah, I, thought, I sort of liked that it felt false. Had you never seen that cast live? I've never seen the show live, even though I'm actually a huge fan of the soundtrack. I mean, it's one of those things, right, where the original film was so good, but it's so obviously... It, it isn't like just trying to, oh, we should turn that film into a musical. Like, it so obviously was always meant to be a musical, right? 
Yeah, I suppose so. With Mel Brooks's writing and stuff, he loves, you know, he he's come from that kind of world where he would write songs and stuff anyway. Yeah. He's actually quite an accomplished songwriter. So yeah. um, why that show then, Matt? Um, because I think if it was the last show on earth and you're facing your maker, I would have to pick something that I know is going to be really, really funny. And Mel Brooks, for me, just has always been able to laugh at really taboo subjects and he's done it in such a brilliant way and that's yeah. my personality all over it's what makes me laugh you know yeah what a great yeah. answer what a great answer so um you saw the original cast you saw it in london you yes. loved the film yeah i auditioned for the london cast and i got very very close to playing uh the german guy gordon the, you know, Hop Klops, oh. uh, what's his name okay yeah i can't remember Franz his name Lieken. there's a yeah. Franz Liebken. there's a whole long involved and rather sad Wow. Uh, anecdote involved in that, but I'm not going to tell you that now. It's, uh, it's going to be boring. Uh, but I do remember thinking I was bound to get that because I got shown a sign. I was sitting in Burger King after my audition. Wait, you know, there's a train, I'm waiting for my train, so I went and I sat in Burger King and a pigeon came into Burger King and it, it jumped up onto my table. You're joking. And I was like, but Franz Liebkin, he's all about the pigeons, isn't he? I thought, mm. oh, I've got to get it then. I've got to get it. But I didn't get it. Oh. <laughs> Turns out that was a load of bollocks in the end. Yes, yes, absolutely. The sign from God wasn't a sign from God. It was just a randy pigeon. <laughs> a hungry pigeon. <laughs> Who likes Welshmen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, your dream cast. Would, the, would you want to see the original Broadway cast? Or well, you... I've recast it. Okay. So, are you ready? Let's, who do you want to hear? What role do you want? No, let's start with, uh, with Max, Max Bialystok. Max Bialystok is going to be Matt Lucas. Okay. Because you have to have somebody that understands humour. And my God, yeah. that guy is funny, funny, funny. Um, and he's yeah. so funny that he would do it his way, which would be absolutely the right way. He would know how to do all of that Jewish inflection. And I just think he would smash it to goddamn pieces. You're absolutely right, I think. And you know what? When I did Les Mis with him in the concert, which you came to see, actually, and you brought bread. And I, I think, actually, that's when you first met Matt, wasn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the famous challah bread, right? The challah bread, yeah, yeah, which we've discussed with Matt on this very podcast. And, of course, he cast sure. you as the lead in his show. Because so. he wants bread. He just wants yeah. bread. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's it. That, that is Jews in a nutshell. <laughs> We should mention to our listeners that you uh, used to own a bakery. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sold bagels and Jewish bread and stuff, but you've sold the bakery now. And as one of the great things that you used to do is the mother of the West End, you used to bring in bread and rolls and Jewish food to every yes. cast or show or concert you were in. And it was like a joy. The greatest bagels I've ever tasted. And I'm yeah. talking about the bagels now, Mads. It's not a sexual innuendo. Um, <laughs> yes, we sold it recently. So you're probably going to become much less popular as a result. Much less popular. But Matt used to make me laugh. Matt used to make me laugh every night in Les Mis. He used to do one line that got me every night. And I knew it was coming. And then he was so kind of clued up with the, kind of the, the timing of comedy that he would delay it ever so slightly every night. So I would think it wasn't coming, this little gag he'd put in. And then he'd do it and it would make me go, and then another night he'd jump in just before I was ready for it. And he, every yeah. time he had some yeah. new, tiny little, tiny little variation on the gag that made me laugh every night. So, yeah, he'd be brilliant as Bialystok. He is sensational and he is one of the greatest, the, one of the greatest natural uh, comics, uh, comedians and writers that we have in this country. And he should be totally celebrated. And there we are. 
Absolutely. What about Leo Bloom? So Leo Bloom, I've actually split it. They've got alternates because it's quite a difficult. So I've got Ollie Dobson and Tom Zander, and they're both my Leos. Ah. They're both very different, but they both would do it sensational justice. Um, And I couldn't really choose between them. So Ollie Dobson Um, is currently playing Marty McFly in Back to the Future, and Tom Zander is in uh, the Book of Mormon, playing one of the... He's in Book of Mormon. One of the elders. Yeah, Yeah. but I think they would both be superb... Leo Bloom. I mean, Tom Zander for his comedy, obviously, of course, and I think he would be superb running alongside Matt Lucas. I think they would look like the most dream team producers ever. And Ollie Dobson, for me, is a bit like a Matthew Broderick. I just think Uh he's got that... Yeah. He's got that very sweet, fantastically... I don't know, he's just charming yeah we did a workshop to shop together and he is and he is so charming and there's something about his eyes and about his his sort of nature that is that draws you in yes. doesn't it he's beautiful without knowing he is so for me he's like the he would be like the matthew broderick and tom zander would be like the gene wilder yeah, very good very good great and what about the um i've forgotten the lady's name the blonde what's her name um ula ula yeah. ula. ula would be hannah waddingham oh good one um didn't didn't she play it in London? No, no. Oh. She was offered it, obviously. No, yeah, I should think she, so. No, no, she missed out on that. But for me, she's Ula. She's oh, Ula. Perfect, yeah, perfect. And, and of course, Hannah's just won all, all the awards, hasn't she? Yeah, so she wouldn't do it, but she might do a concert. <laughs> if it was yours, she would. <laughs> yeah, if it was, yeah, if, if, yeah, if but, there was a meter um, hurtling she, towards her. She would her. be, yes, she might. But I just think that role should have been hers. And Now it is. Yeah. She's also a champion of musical theatre. You know, in all those speeches she makes for when she collects awards at that ceremony. Oh, isn't that amazing what she's done? Wonderful, yeah. I always said I would do that, but I've never been nominated for any awards. So, <laughs> well, when you do... When I do. That's what you're going to say. When, not if, yeah. So, moving yeah. on, my next, my next person would be... And although... Um, have you seen Back to the Future? Yeah. Oh, not, the, not the show. on. Oh. Okay, it's amazing. Okay, and Roger Bart is absolutely magnificent, and I cannot say it enough how amazing he is. He is brilliant, and I had no idea that he was the same guy that I saw being Carmen Gear. And of course, yeah. what I knew, I knew. Yeah. Um, and absolutely he's magnificent. He's so funny in the film as so, well. So um, oh, I can't have yeah, him, really, really unfortunately, good. because he did it originally, and I'm not doing that today. But, so if I had to choose somebody else, I think I'd have Leighton Williams as Carmen Gear. Yeah, great. That's a really good idea, yeah. He'd probably steal everything that he was in, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yes. Very good. I saw saw Roger do Young Frankenstein on Broadway. God, isn't he good? He's fantastic. That show wasn't so great, but um, I think they were just trying to capitalise on the, the thing that they'd mined with... Producers, but it was it was Did pretty what, good. But why couldn't you yeah. c- couldn't you recast Roger as Roger? No, because John Owen Jones is my Roger Debris. I am. You're Roger Debris. Come on, this is the first um, time I've been in a show. Yes, yes. Um, it has to be you, and I would want you to do it Welsh, right? And okay, in a dress. Oh God, um, yes, of course, I'll do anything you, you want. Us. And definitely don't shave. <laughs> and you are my Roger wow. Debris. Thank you very much. And that, that's what, I can see you yeah. in a dress. So yeah. I think you with Leighton Williams is an absolute match made in heaven. Oh, he's he's a delight, Leighton. <laughs> he really is. What a talent. I would, I would have so a great, I think you're gonna... a great laugh. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I would have to see if I could out-gay Leighton. <laughs> yeah, I think you win. Well, also, do you know what? It's a shame that uh, I actually worked with Gary Beach, the original Roger Debris, when he did Les Mis on Broadway with me, and he was just the loveliest man. He's sadly no longer with us. But I wish he was still alive, because I could just get some oh. tips off him. Yeah, he died a couple of years ago. Very sadly, yeah. but he was wonderful. Are you happy to be Roger Debris? Oh my Would God. you be happy yeah, with that? Yeah, well, I mean, as I said, I originally auditioned for Franz Liebkind, but Roger Debris is the role, man. Yeah. It is brilliant. Yeah, for me, you're, that's who you are, without a doubt. I didn't, I didn't cast you as Franz Liebkind. Thank you. The guy who did it in London was in Game of Thrones, wasn't he? With Hannah Waddingham, funnily enough. Um, his name's completely escaped me, but he was brilliant. He had a kind of a Benny Hill quality about him. Can you remember his name? Who are we talking about? Franz Liebkin no, or Roger uh, Debris? Roger Debris in London. A Benny Hill oh, type no, that was in was. Game of Thrones. Now, that's a thinker. That's a thinker. <laughs> well, he's, he played the, um, the spider, the bald guy in Game of Thrones. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. I didn't watch Game of Thrones other than Hannah's books. Oh, right. So who would your Franz Liebkin be then? If, if, if not John Owen Jones, he's already taken now. Yeah. Uh, so my Franz Liebkin would be um, Al Bourne who was oh, yeah. my Khashoggi without the H for nine years. But he's, he is a perfect Nazi, isn't he? <laughs> he's, he's very tall and he's very pointy. And um, yes, so for me, he would, be, he would be the Nazi. He would be Franz Liebkin. And he's very funny and he's got a cracking voice. Yeah. Yeah, didn't he and play? I love him wasn't pieces. he the Beast as well, or something? I, he's done loads and loads of stuff. Yes, he was, yeah. he, and Gaston, and Gaston. Yeah, but yeah. when I was Killer Queen with him, I had I had forty five minutes from the end of It's a Kind of Magic to Another One Bites the Dust, and he and I did nothing for forty five minutes other than muck about, make recordings, make record. I don't, God knows what we did, but we totally filled that time. He had darts championships, um, and he's one of my dearest mates. He's like my original show husband, and so it and it's be... people like that and friendships like that 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 mean you can do a show for for a good few years, isn't it? Because that yeah. stuff makes every day different for you, right? Yeah, and he loves wearing spanks and he loves wearing lederhosen. <laughs> I'm not sure he's going to love listening back to this though, from what you say. But t- yeah, telling everyone love he loves wearing spanks and he loves being a Nazi. I'm sure he's... he loves it. He can't believe his luck. <laughs> so, um, who would be your young Nazi? So you mean I was up for the lead tenor, him? That young Nazi. Now it's springtime. Yeah, that one. Oh, him, right, yeah. Easy. That would be the totally miscast Nathan James. Because I would have <laughs> rock Great. I would have a rock Hitler with yeah, very long blonde Viking well, blonde so, yeah. hair. Yes. So yeah. that's who I'd have. Wow. That would be that. Yeah. Without So without who else is left in the cast then? Is that's that's it, isn't it? So that leaves us with um um Oh, one of my favourite roles in it, which is Lorenzo C. Dubois, LSD. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember him? Yeah. The actually, the guy that plays Hitler, for me, would be Steve Balsamo, because I think we'd get the most amazing rendition of, we talk about love power, because Steve Balsamo, you know, that voice is sensational. And I would love to hear him do a really amazing rework of that Hitler song, using all the octaves that he's got on falsetto, and I think yeah. it would be hilarious. It's a pretty a rock and roll. Star. It's a pretty rock and roll cast you've got, really, isn't it? Well, you, I haven't even got to the old ladies yet. So I would have God, my own cameo. How long is this going to go on for? <laughs> well, it's the last show on earth, mate. We've we got to make it work. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would have the cameo of, he's upstairs with his bites, filthy, disgusting, lice-ridden bites. 
that's it. I'll do that one line. But okay. then my old ladies, you know, hold me, touch me, hold me, touch me, would oh, be yeah. my sister, Anna Jane Casey, Victoria Hamilton Barrett, Ruthie Henshaw and Kerry Ellis. Amazing. They're my old ladies. That's a hell of a cast. Okay. Hold me, touch me, hold me, touch me. <laughs> I'm just going to write down, I'm just going to write down your mates as the old ladies. Yes. My very talented mates. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. No, that's it. I think that is no, enough. No, we're done. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, God. That's a brilliant cast. That's- yeah. yeah, hell of a cast. Well, it's nice nice. that you've cast people that you know and not and not not just gone for huge, huge, you know, super mega mega superstars. Obviously, it's, obviously there are some mega superstars on that list, um, but you've gone yeah. for them because you love them, which is nice, eh? Well, I know that they're going to be a laugh, and let's face mm. it, you're only on stage for you know a small amount of time. Off stage is the real show. Yeah, and I don't want to risk working with someone that's going to be in it. You know, an a hole. Yeah, that's right. Just before you die, I mean, of course. But you will be working with me, so there's always a risk that you're going to be working with an a hole. Oh, so there you go. The a hole yeah. slipped in there. But okay. you're not working with them. You're just you're just watching them. No, she said she wanted to do one line. No. Okay. Well, I'm so upstairs you, so you, What? So you're going to pop? Well, so you're not even going to watch it. You're just going to be backstage for the anti show for the sort of noises off <laughs> half of the show. Yeah. 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 I'm in the green room. You can watch on the wings. <laughs> the bits you want to see, and then exactly. you just pop on, do your cameo, uh, and just have a glass of wine or whatever. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. What would be, what would be your dream venue? Uh, Madison Square Garden. Oh, oh very right. nice. That's a great one. That's a great one. Very nice. Very good. I mean, we don't even Thanks. have to ask why, do we? No. I saw John Bon Jovi there, and it was amazing. And I'd like Mel Brooks to be Mel Brooks. Yeah. It? Oh, yeah. Because Mel yeah. Brooks is Mel Brooks in it, isn't he? He's saying, don't be stupid, be a smarty. Come join and join the, the Nazi, Nazi party. party. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Before we get on to everything else, I've got a celebrity question mm. that has been sent in by oh. a celebrity. So it's a voice note, so bear with me while I just get it up on my phone and I'll play it for you right now. Here comes your celebrity question. Ooh, it's the celebrity question. Ooh, who could it be? Who's the celebrity? Question from... Hello, Lose. And hello, Lose. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, nice to see you. Uh, to see you nice. Uh, oh, wait, wrong catchphrase. Sorry I can't be there with you today, but I died in 984. Oh. Now, Matt, I've got a question for you. When you're in a long-running show and you've been doing it for a while, do you still need to, you know, warm up and get ready physically, mentally and vocally? Or can you just turn up and do the show just like that? Yeah, so that was Tommy Cooper there from Beyond the Grave. Incredible. Uh, with his celebrity question. Uh, you know he was born in Wales, which is lucky for me. So, um, born in Wales, died at Her Majesty's. Um, so, have you got an answer to that question? Yes, um, I can just rock up and do it. Excellent. Amazing. Well, thank you very yeah, much for that. That's it. I, I mean, I can elaborate on that, but I'm, I'm famous <laughs> in my um, current warm-ups for not overly participating Let's say it that way. I do my own right. warm up, which is basically sitting on the floor and Crying. checking emails. <laughs> I have this. I have this philosophy that I you 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 I you knock your voice out. 
Yeah, I agree. The more scales and the more mucking about you do, you knacker it mm. out. And I've only got a certain amount of singing in me every day. Yeah. Exactly. You're not going to run a marathon before you run a marathon, are you? Do you know who Drew Sarich is, Maz? No. He um, he's he's been a Valjean, but he's he's a, played loads of. He's done Jesus Christ Superstar a hundred times, and okay. but his warm up, his warm up would be him going, okay, ah! good, and that was him warmed up, <laughs> just a big scream. <laughs> I've got one of those. What is it? <clears throat> that's it. Good. That's, that's it. That's it. That's Checking it's there. Brilliant. I think we can say I think we can say that the celebrity question has been answered. Good. You get to the interval of the show. Yeah. What would you have as your interval drink? Oh, sometimes a cup of tea, mainly a cup of tea, but I nearly always have a navel orange. Oh really? Is there any particular type of tea? <laughs> yeah. Normal. Normal just normal builder's tea, normal. normal Sorry guys, yeah. I just I yes. just have to ask, what I'm... in the name of God is a navel orange. A, what? You didn't know? You don't know what a, a navel, navel orange. orange? Yeah. It's just a particular type it's of orange. It's a very, very big yeah. orange because it's got a tummy button that's like a big plug, you know? But it means that they're I very easy... I've never heard that term They're very easy life. to peel. Yeah. There's a lot of pith, <laughs> but they're, they're not... They don't fall apart all over you, so they're really good for costume front because they stay in their segments... Right. Yeah, but if you if and you I'm are, mad about, um, I'm mad about them. The thing is, I don't really like eating oranges and stuff like that. I like juice, but because I always find whenever I open an orange, I can often end up getting covered in pith. Yeah, and I hate to be covered in pith, um, but I do. <laughs> Who doesn't? I do like that. And if and if I can't have a navel orange, then I have that thumas. <laughs> <laughs> If you were to sit in the audience and watch this, who's your plus one? Your ideal plus one? Who would you go with? My dad. Mitch Murray, CBE, because he's obsessed with Mel Brooks. Oh, that would be amazing. Mitch Murray, CBE. I sat next to him uh, at the theatre and he's a delightful seat companion. I saw you yes. do, um, what's the name of the show? Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, um, and the name Norm. When you played Norma spectacularly well, the best thing in the whole show. Without without taking away from anyone else, you were the best thing in the whole show at the Royal Albert Hall. I'm sitting next to your dad, and uh, all the way through, um, he talked at me all the way through. Didn't didn't watch it. Didn't listen to the show. Um, just saying how brilliant you were all the way through, and he kept offering me uh, chocolates from a bag of minstrels. The ideal <laughs> seat companion. That's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, but a close second would be my sister, Gina, because she has got the best sense of humour ever. She is the best audience member ever. Well, she was sitting like five seats away from me. I'd love to have sat next to her because she's fit. (laughs) Did she offer you minstrels? I can't imagine it. Uh, no, but no, I mean, she's a bit. She's a bit more of a, a, yeah. a beef and onion hula hoop girl, Gina. Oh my god, I love them. <laughs> well done, Gina. Beef and onion. And Gina dips them in Philadelphia. There you go. That's an exclusive. <sighs> that Phil, sounds nice. Phil, Phil. So you sort of fill yeah, the tube filthy. with Philadelphia. That's it. Very That's nice. That's it. Yeah. But is there any sibling rivalry between you and your sister, or is that just because she's in woman as well? She is, but Gina is. Um, we're really, really different people she we're really really different people and we totally adore each other and we're each other's biggest fans um but not when it comes to grammar she is the (laughs) grammar police 
she will, she's a head tilter, Gina. So she'll go, <laughs> you've said that wrong. She goes back. <laughs> <laughs> This meteor's hurtling towards the earth yes. and you're having a lovely time and you're thinking, oh, I'm a bit more peckish now. The minstrels and the hula hoops haven't filled me up. Where are you mm. going to go for your dinner afterwards? <sighs> Crikey. Has it got to be in New York or is this hypothetically anywhere? You can it can be anywhere, anywhere you want. I mean, it can be your dream restaurant. It can be, it can be a McDonald's, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I was hoping that um, you'd have thought about this already. What was that? That was my aura leaving the building. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so one of my favourite restaurants in the world is Rocca. Oh, yeah. But I don't think it would be my final meal. It wouldn't be my final meal because you have to have 17 dishes there to be what I call full. And full in my world is when you can't blink because you're going to vomit. That's full. Right. <laughs> okay, full is not I will, Can I, I stop satisfied. you there? Oh. If you go to Rocca and have 17 courses, um, yeah. that's going to be very expensive, right? However, there's yeah. a meteor hurtling towards Earth, so you could probably skip out and not pay the bill. So why not just well, go that's... to Rocca? Exactly. But I would pay anything for good yeah. food. Good food is good food, good shoes and a great bed. They are absolutely priorities of mine. I absolutely agree. So there is an amazing restaurant called Relais du Venez. Do you know Relais du Venez? Yeah, yeah. I've never, do you know, weirdly, I've never been there, though it's been on my list for a long, long time. Where is it? Well, they do steak and chips. Well, there's a few. There's a chain of them. Yeah. There's it's a literally few. just steak, chips and salad. That's it. Nice. That's all they do. And there's no ketchup. That's it. Steak, no. chips and salad. But the best thing about this whole thing, this whole meal, is that when you finished it, they bring the whole thing again. And you have what steak, you chips what? and salad again. Why would you have it twice? Because they bring you a French portion, right? Which when they put it down, you go, oh, but half of you has died inside because you're like, I'm not going to be full, full, full. I'm going to be like full if I was on a date full. Yeah. yeah. Right? So not full. So half yeah. of you dies. It's so tasty. It's so amazing. They have a secret sauce they put on the steak that they don't tell you what it is. And every time I go there with my dad, we spend about an hour going, oh, it's got a bit of coconut in. It's got a bit of, you know, we do that. But they won't tell you what yeah, it is. Right. And then you finished it and they bring the whole thing again. Wow. wow. And it's, that's nice. It's magnificent. So what would happen if you went and you ordered your steak and chips and salad and, and secret sauce and you did all the whole thing, you ate it, and then... They just went, okay, here's your bill. Would you be like, um, where's the other one? <laughs> yes, they, they just wouldn't do it. They just wow. wouldn't do it. You, you tell them as well, it's, it's entrecote steak. They tell you, they, you, you say how you want your steak cooked. So as you're yep. doing your last bit, they load it up again with the best French fries in the world. I'm telling you, it's it's an amazing, amazing place. Cool. There. I didn't wow. do my drink, you know. My drink would be a pint of beer. I thought you said you were going to have a cup of tea. Mm. No, you said in the interval. Oh, I see. With your, oh, you with your meal. With your stick. The tea is in the interval. I wouldn't have a pint of yeah. beer. Because I'd, I'd that's what, that's what... all the way through when it takes it all if I had a pint of beer in the interval. So, yes, yeah, but hang that, on. It's the interval of the be... producers, which you've got one line in, and you're sitting and watching with your family. Yeah, so I'd have a cup of tea and an orange. Oh, okay. And then yeah. when you go out later for dinner, you'd have a, a pint of beer. Any particular I beer? Would. No, but not ale, not like, you know, IPA. No, just anything. No, I don't like yeah. the bitter stuff that's all trendy. I a like Pilsner. I like old school, like Heineken, Budweiser. Yeah, 
So Ice do cold. I. Yeah, so yeah, do yeah. I. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Uh, that, that for me is my dream. So before we go into the recap, um, I'm going to yeah. do a little bit where we've done this. When our very first guest on this podcast was Matt Lucas. Now, when Matt was on Shooting Stars, the TV show, Vic Reeves yeah. used to ask a question in the style of a pub singer. So um, I'm going to now choose a musical theatre song, sing it in the yeah. style of a pub singer, and all you have to do is tell me what it is. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> it's quite short, this one. What song is that? It is. In a pretty cabinet. Kill Queen. Very good. I, I thought for a minute you'd gone deaf then. The way you sang. <laughs> I think I should do a little, a little recap for you, Maz, of your last show on Earth. So, yeah. Maz Murray, your last show on Earth, you would like to see the producers at Madison Square Gardens with your dad and your sister feeding you hula hoops and minstrels and things. You would like to see Matt Lucas as Max Bialystok, Ollie Dobson or Tom Zander um, sharing the role of Leo Bloom, Ula would be Hannah Waddingham, Roger Dupree would be John Owen Jones, yeah. um, yes. Carmen, Carmen Gere would be Leighton Williams, Franz Liebkin, Al Bourne, the young Nazi, springtime would be Nathan James, and Steve Balsamo would play Lorenzo Dubois. Hi, and Hitler. all of your mates, all of your lovely, lovely, talented mates would be the old ladies. And yeah. then you would have a cameo line, yes. as would Mel Brooks, both of you on equal footing. Um, and then afterwards, you would go to Le Relais de Venoise Venice. and have steak chips and Le Relais de Venise. Venise. It's Venice. Relais de Venise. Venise? Yeah. Oh, nobody right. knows how to pronounce it. Uh, do they? <laughs> well, you don't. You're Welsh. And afterwards, <laughs> and afterwards, you would have steak chips and beer at Le Relais, Le Relais de Venise, is I think really how you say <laughs> it. Do, yeah. Yeah. But who on yes. earth knows? That sounds like a lovely evening at the theatre. Yeah, very nice. So that's it. Thank you very much for joining us, Maz Murray, on the last show on Earth. But before we go, um, as uh, regular listeners of this podcast will know, we like to end with a joke. Um, Billy Elliot, the show, the West End and Broadway show, Billy Elliot, when they audition people, they often ask people to tell them a joke as part of the audition process. So if you were to audition for Billy Elliot, Maz Murray, what would be your Billy Elliot joke? Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Control freak. Control freak who? Oh, my God, you've got to answer quicker than that. <laughs> <laughs> very good. That's very good. <laughs> oh, dear me, dear me. And what an appropriate punchline for you too, Maz. I think so. So thank you very much to the wonderful Maz Murray for sharing her last show on Earth. I've absolutely loved thank it. Thank you, Maz. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. So there you are. That was the last show on earth of the hilarious Maz Murray. You enjoy that, Johnny boy? Oh, I did, especially being cast by Maz in a dream role in The Producers. Now, if you listeners out there enjoyed it too, please tell your friends, hit that follow button and listen again to the next episode. Now, I've got to tell you, I love working with Maz and she is one of those people, if their name is on a cast list, I rejoice because I know that no matter how the show turns out, I'll have a good laugh with her, just like I did during our chat. Yeah, 
but she didn't cast me, did she? Anyway, Maz continues to delight audiences in Mamma Mia at the Novello Theatre, and since the time we recorded our chat in May 2022, she has performed a very special extract from the show for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, right outside the gates of Buckingham Palace. In fact, Maz and the Mamma Mia cast were the final performers on that very special day, so in some ways you could say that she headlined the whole damn thing. Now, if you want to find out more about Maz, then please visit her website, mazmurray.com. Right, we both have to go now as we're very busy. Al's currently filming a TV series, again, and I'm just about to embark on a solo UK concert tour that goes to Glasgow, New Mills, Lytham St Anne's, Rill, Aberystwyth, Cardiff, Leeds and London throughout the month of September. Tickets are available at johnowenjones.com. I'll see you there. And we'll see you next time when we chat to another very special guest all about their last show on Earth. Ask a question nobody dared to ask. If you had a day to live, what show would be your last? What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. My name is John. My name is Al. Been friends a long time past. You want to know what show you'd see if you knew it was to be your last? What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. What is your last show on earth? What is your last show on earth? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.